It's good to see you all. If you love Jesus, let's put our hands together for him. Come on. You can do better than that. Come on. Amen. I wouldn't have came if I knew the coronavirus hit the staff over here. I don't know what's going on. Man, I, I prayed with a guy who was real sick at the altar last week, and I said, what's wrong? He said, I think I got the Paps Blue Ribbon virus, and uh, it's a totally different one. And, uh, but, hey, uh, <laughs> the, uh, Pastor Rick sent me this text. He said he's 70% healed. Let's give God a hand for that. Amen. Um, he said, I'm, I'm learning so much about my life. I'm learning so much about Jesus and his vision for his church. I was really mad about this at first because uh, the overseers and then uh, some of the executives were like, man, we got to sit down and take care of this voice. It's a very serious thing. And he said, but I, I've shifted into a, a spirit of thankfulness for this season. And I know uh, I needed this. Uh, clearly, God is moving. Thank all the people. Let's give God a hand for that. Amen. You know, uh, so I'm going to talk to you today about something that Pastor Rick's going through right now. Our family has been through this, and it is, uh, what do you do when the heat is on your life? Or what do you do when your family is under pressure? Uh, Maybe you got a bad hospital uh, uh, report. Or how many of you have ever had a bad report on your job? Raise your hand. Let's see all those people. What do you do when the heat is on? It actually reminds me of movies in the 80s. Who grew up in the 80s, uh, 70s, 80s, 60s, before then? All right. Uh, Who uh, started watching movies in the 90s and 2000s? Let's raise your hand. Don't be ashamed of it. I'm not going to get on. You're you're missing out on on something big, okay? Especially in the 80s, when there was a movie, in the movie there had to be a signature song that went with the movie. So if you're watching Top Gun, all of a sudden a Def Leppard song would come on. And so during that song, if you're a guy in the theater, that was when you moved to hold that girl's hand. Hallelujah. Right? And so you're watching the Goonies and the song comes on. You just start inching over, you know, and especially the Karate Kid. Thank God for the Karate Kid. So in 1984, this, became, this was such a trend. There was a movie that came out, Beverly Hills Cop. And they shot the whole movie. Uh, Eddie Murphy was the star of it. Who in here has watched Beverly Hills Cop? Raise your... That movie's rated R. Y'all need to get down here right now. Goodness. Praise God. We'll see y'all in a little bit, all right? So they shot the whole movie, and then they were like, man, we got to have a signature song. All we got is Eddie Murphy, and, and he's running out of jokes. So, uh, so they tried to... They, they tried to get a song, so the Eagles had just broke up, and they got the lead singer, and he wrote a song, and they, he said, I got one day in the studio, and they said, we'll give you 15 grand, write a song, and he wrote a song in just a couple of hours, and it's called The Heat Is On. Y'all remember that song? The heat is on. And you could tell it only took him a, a couple of hours to write it, because the second line was, the heat is on, on. right? <laughs> It just, I was like, all right. It just, he goes, tell me, can you feel it? Tell me, can you feel it? And what was the next line? Tell me, can you feel it? Oh, it's three times, tell me, can you feel it? And that one made number one at the skating rink in Spring Hill, Louisiana. Right? The heat is on. That's when you started skating backwards. Y'all know what I'm talking about? (laughs) So... 
What, what do you do when the heat is on your life or you're like, I'm under pressure, I got a deadline, there's an expectation at work. Uh, for Brooke and I, hey, five years ago this month, she was diagnosed with cancer. We've talked about that. She's totally healed. Give God a hand for that. Um, I think that was the first time in our life where we're like, we're in the middle of a fire. Our life had just been so just, I don't know, in a bubble, you know. Uh, we hadn't gone through much, but then all of a sudden in just a year, we had one battle after another, and we're like, we are in the middle of a fire, and, and you're going to do one of two things during that time. And let me just stop and tell you, when we went through this, it was not pretty for us uh, uh, right off the bat. So a lot of times people can sit in a seat and think that uh, spiritual people, when they go through stuff, they go through it just, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips and, oh, we got that diagnosis and it went great. Oh, no, no, no. I broke stuff, said things I had to repent of. It, being right in the middle of the fire was a tough time. We could literally feel the heat. There's some stories in the Bible that will relate to this, not if you go through it, but when. Everybody say when. Uh, in heaven, you're not going to go through this, but in earth, because this world is broken and because people make dumb decisions. Some people go through a fire because they're living for God in a broken world. Some people go through a fire in their life because there is a principle of sowing and reaping. Amen? You make stupid, idiotic choices, you get stupid, idiotic fruit that you eat from it. Amen? Play stupid games, win what kind of prizes? Stupid prizes. That's what happens, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in a fire because they're living for God. It seems totally, utterly unfair. Nebuchadnezzar builds a 90-foot statue of himself. And I want you to take out your notes now because I'm going to write you some stuff from this. It's not in the notes. I'm going to get you to write down some stuff. He's so narcissistic that it was not enough for him to be king. He decided, I need to be God. I think this complex is in every single human. We see it in the garden. Wasn't enough just to be a child of God. Eat that fruit and you'll be like God. All through the different kings in the Bible that we study, and even leaders throughout, whether it's Herod in the New Testament, there is something inside of us that wants to call the shots. So it wasn't just enough for him to say, I'm king. I built a statue in my image, and I want you to worship me. So he assigned a day, and crowds and crowds of people knelt before the statue on their knees, and they literally bowed down to it, okay? Except for three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Everybody is worshiping. You got, you got Nebuchadnezzar up here who's worshiping me. Here's my statue. You got a throngs of a crowd bowing down. You got three rednecks with their arms crossed. It reminds me of a photo I saw on Facebook a few years ago. And they, this photo was found a few years ago from, from Hamburg in Nazi Germany. And, and Hitler is giving this speech. Do you see what the entire crowd is doing? Everybody is into the speech. Everybody is saluting Hitler. Hey, do y'all see that one dude there? Right? He's got to be from like Mena, Arkansas or something. I don't know. I don't know what he is thinking, but I do. He's sitting there like this going, I don't believe all that. Right? Isn't that on his face? 
There's three types of people. Leave that up there. I want you all to write this down. Three types of people in the world, and you see them in this chapter. There are those who are stuck up. There are those who are kissed up. And there are those who stand up. And you see it in the story. You can take that off now. You can see this in the story. Nebuchadnezzar is stuck up. You got a whole crap. What do stuck up people do? They walk in their room and they go, life is all about me. Raise your hand if you know somebody like that. What do kiss up people do? They tell you things to your face that they'd never tell you behind your back. They just kiss up. They go with the flow. Whatever the crowd wants. I just don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to, I don't want to be on Facebook. I, I just want to make it through the day. Right? God is looking for more and more men and women. And I'm not talking about who are offensive, but I'm talking about people with backbone that says if everybody else goes the way of the world, I'm going to stand up for Christ. I'm going to, amen? I'm going to have some integrity. I'm going to have some backbone. I'm going to have something in me that's going to stand up and stand out. These guys were, they weren't, they just didn't have inner strength. Mentally, they're brilliant. Daniel is. The way they worked with a spirit of excellence was amazing. They knew multiple languages. The favor of God was on them. They graduated college summa cum laude. Praise God. I graduated college. Help me, Laudy. All right? It's two different types. All right? Who else is with me? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but there was something about them. They were fearless. When you read the book of Daniel, you see fearless men and women all throughout the book. And I'll tell you why. It's because I want you to write this down before we get in the notes. You only can fight fear with fear. They had a fear of the Lord that drove out all of the fear of man, fear of failure, fear of death. They said a fear of the Lord means that I hold my God in the highest regard. How I see God is higher than I see anybody else in this world. And when you hold God in the highest of the regards, there is nothing in this world that can attach itself and hold on to your heart. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So they don't bow down. And Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, he's got crowds, massive crowds of important people bound down. And then the, 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 the kiss me crowd, kiss up crowd, they're like, King Nebi, uh, we saw three men that didn't bow to you. What are you going to do? He said, we're going to throw them into a fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar became so furious that his face, <laughs> I thought this is funny, his face distorted with rage. Anybody ever been this mad? Just stare straight forward because I know you did this coming to church. Nebuchadnezzar became so furious that his face distorted with rage. And I thought this is funny. He commanded that the furnace be seven times hotter than usual. When you read this slow, I just think there's some comedy in it because I wrote in the margin of my Bible, why? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, a regular fire, fire make you crispy, right? <laughs> if you said, Marcus, I'm going to throw you in the fire, I'm like, no, you ain't. <laughs> you got to catch me first. Seven times harder. And I'll tell you why. I want you, I want you to put this down before we get into the points. Satan wants you to first compromise by fear. So he uses phrases and words to make you melt on the inside to, to compromise. We've learned this, and most of you, you live long enough, you're going to learn this. There are words that are attached in this world that, that are meant to cause you to bow. Words like bankruptcy. Words like divorce. Words like alone. Uh, words like cancer. 
There's so much power attached to this. And he goes, don't just build a fire. Make it seven times hotter. What did, did they bow yet? You know, that's what he's looking for. And he gets so mad because these guys are just like, I don't fear your face because I've looked into another face. Amen? There's a Latin phrase for this. It's called Coram Deo. I want you to write it down. The church stood on it for a thousand years of persecution. Coram Deo is a, is, a, is a Latin phrase that says to live every day looking into the face of God. When you look into his face, no other face will intimidate you. Amen? And he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. To throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, watch, and I love how descriptive the Bible is. He doesn't want you to miss anything, okay? So, so these men, and he's just describing everything they're wearing. Wearing their robes, trousers, they got turbans on, and even other weird clothes. And, and I was like, must be winter. And, and they were bound, they were, and watch what it says, they were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and these three men. And, and what does these two words say? These men, what were they? One, two, three. Firmly tied. Write that in your notes. Circle that in your Bible. They're firmly tied and they fell into the blazing furnace. Three things. Let me tell you this. We've walked through this and we're helping people walk through this, you got to get this in your spirit. Here's the first thing. When I'm in a fire, I want you to write it down just like this. God will walk through the fire with me. God will walk through the fire with me. When we got this diagnosis, this is what we wanted. God, take us out of this fire. And he does that sometimes, isn't that right? You're in the middle of something and you're going, I don't like this pain. I don't like this report. And sometimes God goes, not for you, not today. Boom. And he plucks you up and takes you out of the fire. How many of y'all thank God for that? Amen. I love it. And then we say, he's my way maker, miracle worker. Woo! Took me right out of the fire. Right? That's how it goes. All right? And you, we love that part. The rest of the time, and I want you all to write this down, he walks through the fire with you. This needs to give you comfort because it may feel like you are alone in what you're going through, but you're not alone. I mean, his presence will be there. This is a promise of God, and it is spoken over and over and over again. I want to read out of Isaiah chapter 43 to you, and I want you all to listen to this. Because this just shows you how he's presence. He, he said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. That's a promise. Amen? Here's the word I don't like in the, in the sentence. It's when. <laughs> I wish he'd have said if. <laughs> you know? He goes, it's not if. Listen to me. This is a guarantee in life. Nobody skates through unscathed. When you pass through the waters, here's the promise, you won't be alone. I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God. I love this. He makes it personal. I am the Lord your God. 
Everybody say this with me. You're my God. He's, he's not, listen, I, and he's letting you know I'm present. He says, I'm the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. This is something that you've got to change in your mind. God is not a million miles away. When you pray, it's not sending a postcard to heaven and he's up there and he's like, oh, they're in the fire. Let's just throw some favor down there. That's not what he's doing. You have access to God for immediate presence. It's one of his names in the Bible. He is Jehovah Shema, the one who stands right there. You have access to him. What I love about our church is uh, most of the families on our staff have kids. And so we're at the church all the time. There's kids running the building all the time. And because we're the pa- they're the pastor's kids, they feel like they got access to every room. So when they're at the church, they're shooting each other with dark guns and running the halls and they go in the men's restroom and women's restroom and they're in the kitchen and they're making coffee. I want to bring them here one time and just let them all get tased by the security around here. Praise God. (laughs) They don't tiptoe around. And listen, they don't even walk in an office door politely. They'll just, because it would be great if they just open it up and go, Pastor Marcus. Are you hearing from God right now? We can't wait. That's not what they do. They open a door, bust up in there and go, what's up? It is nuts. The other day I was ministering to a guy. He was crying. Little seven-year-old boy, his kid, his guy, his kid on staff, he busts up in the room. And this guy's in there talking to me. He goes, Pastor Marcus, there's chocolate donuts in the kitchen. Can I eat the rest of them? I'm like, yeah, baby, go, you know. I don't ever want that to change. You want to know why? They feel like they have access to us anytime, no matter what. You have access to God, no matter how big it is or how small it is. Everybody said amen. Amen. He's as close as the mention of his name. King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel chapter 3, verse 24. He leaped to his feet in amazement. They throw him into the fire. He leaped. Why? Because he grabbed a lawn chair to watch it happen. And he's sitting there and he goes, whoo. And he leaps up in his, into his feet and maybe and, and asks his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men. He's getting confused. He, he went to Louisiana Public School. He's like, <laughs> one, two. I see four walking around in the fire watch this and they were tied up but now what are they they are unbound and what and unharmed now watch this and the fourth looks different than everybody else three look like the guys that went in there but this fourth one had something angelic and i'm gonna tell you what i believe it is okay i want y'all write this down i believe it's the glory of god on him something supernatural around him One translation says, the fourth looks like an angel. I love this one. It says, he looks like a son of the gods. He almost got it right. It was the son of God. So many times in the Old Testament, you see a shadow of Jesus move into a situation. Where it's wrestling with Jacob at night, and you're like, that's Jesus showing up. In Daniel, you see it three times. You see it in the lion's den. You see it in the fiery furnace. Y'all know the story about the handwriting on the wall during a party? There's a party that got out of hand. They started using the holy objects of the temple to 
to party with, all of a sudden a hand, listen to this, comes down from heaven. It writes in a language nobody can understand. Freaked everybody out. You want to know why? It's because the, Bible, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. This hand came from heaven and wrote in the language Jesus was going to teach in 600 years later. Isn't that amazing? Just makes you go, what? He's looking and he goes, in the middle of this fire, Jesus shows up. You are never alone ever in your life. Amen? When you pass through the waters, I'm going to be with you. Number two, I want you to write this down. In the fire, God will burn off the things tying me down. This is the purpose for the fire. Oh, why am I in, in here? Because I love this so much. You notice that in the fire, this is what the Bible says, nothing got burned. Not those turbans, not those robes, not the sandals, not all the other indescribable clothes, obviously. <laughs> not the hair on their arms, hair on their head. Their eyelashes weren't singed. Eyebrows are in place. And they didn't even smell of what? Smoke. They didn't even smell. The only thing, listen to me, the only thing that got burned off, write this down, was the man-made restraints holding them back. When the heat is on your life, every man, everything that's been limiting you, everything that's been restraining you, whether it's an addiction or it's an attitude or it's a habit, could be a spirit of laziness, it could be a spirit of apathy in your life. When the heat is on, God goes, I'm going to let the fire of this heat change their lives. Amen? Amen. And it can literally move you. This is the most important thing I'm going to tell you. When you go through pain, pain picks you up. But it doesn't drop you back down where it picked you up from. Pain moves you. And when you decide, I'm going to live for God... The pain that you go through can literally move you forward in life. Amen? And you can be going through one set of pain and God heal you of five or six other things in the middle of it. Amen? So for me, I just like man movies. I like violent movies. That's how I finish my Sunday night. Preach a bunch. I'm like, what can help my soul now? Give me a Western where a bunch of people get shot. You know, it's just... But when... I, when when I watch it, we don't have Hallmark at my house. We, we just, we like, we got to put a parental thing on that, all right? We got no, no Hallmark, that'll, that'll hurt you. But I got, I, the best part of a man movie is when a guy gets shot or he gets stabbed and he's bleeding and they hold him down by the fire and then they take that poker. Oh, I just love it. And they heat it up. And they're like, this is going to hurt. And, he's like, and, then, and then they give him a piece of wood and he clamps down on it. Then they take that poker and they cauterize it. And every time I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, every time. I just want to do that one time in my life. You know what I mean? Anybody with me? I'll never let it happen to me. But I want to burn somebody. I just, I got a poker in the trunk of my car. I'm like, is that a paper cut? Give it to me. Yeah, you know, I'm just. One time. But when you're going through the heat, listen to me. This is the truth of life. Other areas that you feel like your heart is broken and you're bleeding in, you'll go through the fire and go, I got stabbed in my back and it don't hurt like it used to. I got betrayed and all of a sudden God gave me some strength. 
There may be, be a scar there, but there's no more blood there because God does something in suffering. Watch what Isaiah 48 says. Isaiah 48.10, you need to get this in your spirit. I have refined you, but not the way silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. When you are going through mess in your life, I want you to put this in your notes. You're going to find a new freedom too. There's a purpose behind the heat. You see this in botany. You see this in plant life. If you go up to the New England states around Maine and New Hampshire and you, and you, you get up around Vermont, there is the New, uh, New England jack pine. It's a beautiful tree. It's everywhere. It just makes it gorgeous. But that, uh, that jack pine, when it drops a pine cone, that, that cone is wound so tightly that it will not release the seeds that's inside of it. The only time it re releases the seeds inside of it is when there's a forest fire. And all of a sudden, under that extreme heat of the forest fire, all of a sudden, it begins to release life. And some, some of you are just going, why am I going through this? I'm going to tell you, when you're going through this, there are going to be things that you learn about yourself and things released inside of you that you never knew were there. We see this with people who write songs at New Life Church. They'll go through a season of loneliness or sickness or pain. Something's broken in their heart. And out of that, we sing songs that they wrote in the middle of that. God will release ministry inside of you, business ideas inside of you. Gifts will come up out of you. Amen. Some of you got books inside of you. All of a sudden, because of this, the best is coming out of me right now. Amen. Um, about two weeks ago, we were at a lodge. I walked outside. I didn't, I didn't know. There's a guy out there. He had a BB gun. He was shooting it at a, at a little blue sign, trying, trying to hit it. And he shot and missed and shot and missed. I came up behind him. He, he shot. And, and uh, I said, oh, you're low to the left. He's like, oh, really? I said, yeah. So he shot again. I was like, oh, you just missed it to the right. I, I couldn't see the BB, but uh, I, I was just messing with him. And I saw another BB gun there, so I picked up the BB gun. I cocked it, and I was standing right beside him. And, and he shot and missed again, and I shot and went, ding, and I hit that sign, you know, because of the man I am. And then, uh, and so, uh, so I took a big step back, and he shot again. And he missed again. I took a step back and went, bing, and hit it. And boy, he starts getting ticked off. He's like, I can't believe it. So he shoots him in. And then I took like three steps back. And as the Lord would have it, dang, I hit it again. He is so upset. I put my hand on him. I said, bro, you, you ain't got any BBs in that gun, man. And uh, so we never spoke again. This is what happens. When the heat is on your life, you are trying to aim at getting out of that. And if you try to do it with determination, you're not going to get through it. You have to have some spiritual ammo in your soul. You got to get some word inside of you. You got to get some worship songs inside of you. You got to get some truth that I'm not alone. He is standing here with me, walking with me. And you got to get this perspective that, God, you're refining me into your image right now. And you're releasing the best out of me. Amen? Amen. And here's the last thing. is this. It will bring unbelievers to God every time. How? Listen, it, this is your testimony. When the heat is on your life, 
People are watching you. How you handle pain, how you handle pressure, how you handle conflict in your life will be the most powerful testimony of your life. When Brooke was diagnosed with cancer, it blindsided us. It was really bad. And every campus started praying for us like crazy. We have never felt the power of prayer like we felt it there. Her first day to start treatment, we had people all over the state, many other countries. They put on cowboy boots, and we called it Boots on Tuesday. We're going to pray for chemo treatment. People, there are people at the Little Rock Fire Department put on boots, took up pictures, and tagged us. Arkansas Razorback football team put on cowboy boots in the weight room, took pictures and tagged us, said, boots on, praying for Brooke Brown. Just everywhere. We just got thousands of them. I'm just scrolling. It was so encouraging. But Brooke woke up that morning. She looked at me and she said, I ain't going. I said, what? She said, I'm not going. I've never taken Advil. I don't take Tylenol. I don't put that stuff in my body. I'm not putting chemo in my body. Ain't going to happen. And she walked to the bathroom and shut the door. (laughs) We know. Then she opened the door, stuck her head out, and said, look at me. I'm not going, and you can't make me go. And boom, shut the door. I went, my wife just turned into a 16-year-old kid. My wife, I did not know what to do. I'm like, what do I do? Do I spank her? Like, you are going to go. I don't know what to do. You will go to chemo. I didn't know. I'm just like, God, what do I? And it, as soon as I asked this question, I like, God, what do I do? He spoke to me so clear. I don't know if it was audible. I can tell you it was loud. He said, you got to turn this into ministry today. So I just walked up to the door and I said, babe, I said, you do not have to go to chemo. You don't have to take it, but this is what I want to do. I want us to go get some lunches to everybody that's getting chemo today. And I said, and we're going to pray for everybody that's in their chair getting their chemotherapy. And, and then when we get to the end of it, if you don't want to, if you don't want to have your treatment, you don't have your treatment. But let's do that. So we went to Panera Bread and we, we got all these little lunches. And then we went into the room and I couldn't believe how many people were there doing it by themselves. They didn't have family that lived close enough to be there some of them didn't have any friends some of them had never told anyone they were diagnosed with cancer and so Brooke would take that lunch one at a time sit at their feet while they were getting their chemo she'd put her hands on them she would pray over them and and one at a time she went all around the room there's just all kinds of tears she got finished praying she said how about we turn this into a worship service and everybody's like please she started singing some of the songs we sang today. She started singing some of the, those great songs like, It Is Well With My Soul. And, and the presence of God was so strong in this moment. But this is what I learned is that God wants to walk through the fire, but you can't miss this. He also wants to use it. He wants to use the fire to reach someone else. Because sometimes you think the mess that I'm going through is just all about me. And God goes, no, it ain't. Because there was Nebuchadnezzar outside the fire watching three guys go through it. He stands to his feet and he goes, there is no God like their God who is mighty to save and able to rescue. And then he still had some homicidal tendencies. And he's like, and if you offend their God, I'll cut you to pieces and 
and turn your house to rubble. Their God is the one who saves. Amen? What if what you're going through could reach the people you've been praying for your whole life? And you've been thinking, if I could just get on the other side of this, I'd be powerful. God says, you're powerful in the pain. Amen? Stand on your feet. Let me pray for you. Hallelujah. Why don't you just open your hands and let me just pray over you right now. Father God, I pray over every single person in this room that feels like there's some level of heat that's on their life. It's on someone that they love. I pray that, they, that the senses that you have given us, we can sense the mighty presence, the peace, the power of God to stand up in the middle of this right now. Did not cower or bow to the fear that is attached to the flames, but to know that you stand with us. Your glory is surrounding us. And you are using this. There are some people that we've been praying for for years and years and years. This is going to, the flames that we're going through is going to melt the hearts that's been hardened forever, God. So God, I pray that you'll lift up those that are downcast. Strengthen their spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give this to you. Amen and amen.